your place, your space. What's on your mind, Shire? Monday mornings with Uncle Fernando on Bay FM 99.9. Listen to Uncle Fernando and Bay of Fin 88. <laughs> <laughs> 99.9. 99.9. I'm with Michael Skinner, General Manager of Elements of Byron. Great to catch up with you again, Michael. Thanks, Fernando. It's always a pleasure. Look, we spoke with your sales and marketing manager, David Jones, back in July when we were just coming out of the first lockdown period. Uh, today, we officially open uh, to the rest of the state and the outside world. We'll talk about what that reopening will mean for elements in the local economy shortly. But how much has this whole extended COVID period affected you here at Elements? Yeah, certainly the last three months or so since Sydney went into lockdown, which I think was back in June the 23rd from memory. It's been a tumultuous little ride for us because we've had the capacity to handle regional to regional travel. But of course, there's not a tremendous amount of demand for a product like us from that sector. So Sydney was always our key source as is Melbourne and some of the other capital cities, Brisbane and South East Queensland. So the impact has been quite dramatic for us. So we've seen a complete reduction in, in demand and as subsequently has been very financially uh, imposing upon the business. Mm. How have you been able to keep it going? Yeah, fortunately for us, we've had some very supportive owners. So fundamentally, it came down to the fact that our owners were prepared to continue to fund and, and, and allow us to keep the staff employed to a degree. We cut back certain hours, but we did have all our core team still working and still being paid, but also picking up the substitute disaster mm. payments they're entitled to. So fundamentally came back to the ability of our owners to keep funding us. Mm. Obviously not everybody has that. Uh, you've got your finger on the pulse, Michael. How much would you say it's affected our tourism and hospitality dependent local economy as a whole? Do you know, do we have any idea how many businesses have gone, for instance, or any idea on overall cost to our local economy? Yeah, look, that's a that's a tough figure to come on. I don't think there's been the research done as yet. I think that will come in due course. But what we can, I guess, understand is that the 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 businesses in probably most cases have had some access to government subsidy and supports. So even though they've been trading at probably very low results or even closed in some cases, they've still probably been out of benefit for some degree of subsidy, which means financially maybe they've been able to sustain this period. The interesting part will be as, as the subsidies finish, which I understand will lead into November, and subsequently if you are ramping up and you're trading in sort of restricted circumstances, which we will be, uh, that's when it'll get probably really tough. Mm, well, let me ask you about that. How much has that assistance helped? It started with the JobKeeper, of course. How much has that helped you to stay afloat? And would you have liked more in terms of financial support? Yeah, look, the original JobKeeper was very productive because it did allow for a, uh, a controlled setting where we were able to still fund the staffing component. 
the more recent one, which is job, uh, which is the disaster payment, basically was up to the staff members to go out and orchestrate themselves, mm. but they were entitled to. So it was great because I certainly know my colleagues in Queensland that went through lockdowns or suppressed inventory or suppressed demand didn't have that benefit. So we were certainly lucky to have the disaster payment for the benefit of the staff. The conditions around the job saver program which was for the business, is a little more complicated. And for our business, it's certainly complicated. So you didn't qualify? We're still waiting to find out. We still don't know. We may have, but we have not. This hasn't been established. So there were degrees of complications because of our structure of our business and how our owner has other business interests. Mm. Well, look, let's look ahead. Airlines and tourism operators are expecting an explosion of visitors to our region from today, the 1st of November. After all this time, how are numbers looking and bookings looking for you in terms of the coming holiday season? Yeah, the demand for Byron is going to just, I think it'll just be there for the next few months, definitely past that Christmas New Year period. And I think probably into early next year as well. I think we'll see the momentum carried forward. I think in terms of the airlines putting on a lot more capacity, I think it's just opportunistic as well. There's opportunity there for people to capitalise and that's what they're doing. You know, the question would be of all those extra seats and all that extra demand they're creating, are there anywhere for them actually to stay? Is the accommodation available? And where will they actually end up if they can't find a accommodation mm. location to accommodate them? So, yeah, there's certainly a lot of seats capacity being launched ex-Sydney, ex-Melbourne. You speak to a lot of other tourism operators. How are their bookings and what? any idea on what sort of numbers we're expecting? Yeah, look, most people are, I think, indicating that um, the Christmas New Year period is, is probably already at capacity, i.e. people have got in early. All those um, Sydney, Melbourne residents held their bookings, already had bookings in the system. So I don't think there's a lot of opportunity for new bookings because I think all the capacity for accommodation is probably already peaking. Wow, so it's going to be a full house back to normal. One of the challenges that you and I spoke about when I interviewed you last December is going to be another major challenge right now, the enormous staff shortages. How are you going on that front? Is that a major problem for Elements and is it going to affect your full reopening? Yeah, look, I think that is the, 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 one of the fundamental problems that we're facing over the coming months and I think perhaps even for longer as well. I think this has probably got a long-term uh, play on this one. Last year was a little bit different in the reasons behind why the staff shortage existed, but since the more recent lockdown from Sydney and Melbourne for going for an extended period of time, nearly three months uh, between each location... A lot of people in this industry have probably decided to move to other more stable industries. So I think that that is a factor. The accommodation side of access to affordable accommodation is still a problem for this region. And I think that will continue to be a problem. But I think fundamentally, it's just this industry has been so impacted over the last 18 months with restriction changes, government mandates, public health orders, and it's very, very hard to keep the momentum of staffing connected to your business because it they, they find other opportunities that are, are less invasive and they can um, access 
stability in their income stream. Mm. I'll ask you about accommodation for staff uh, shortly, but in terms of the shortage of workers, that, that is a general problem in this region and across the industry here? Yeah, look, it's 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 the region, it's the industry Australia wide. Um, you know, there's 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 horror stories coming out of Margaret River down in WA, south of Perth. There, Melbourne, there's real difficulties in getting open and getting their businesses trading at full levels. Uh, Sydney are finding that, Queensland are finding that. So across the whole country. The leisure destinations, which are the regional areas, probably more impacted because they have a, they don't have a bigger uh, data catchment to draw upon for staffing. So of course people have to really make a decision that they want to be in Byron, they want to find, come to the location, and then they've got to find somewhere to live. Mm. Is it the shortage of backpackers? I think that's playing a part of it because the industry has always relied pretty heavily on that demographic. There are still people around that are on the relevant holiday working visas but with no new ones coming in then we're not flushing out and and recycling what normally would happen in this industry. Mm. And remind us of the things that Elements has been doing uh, to try and recruit and keep staff. Uh, David told us uh, that you even employed a specialist recruiter on a full-time basis. Yeah we have had that role in place for the last 12 months now and um, you know it's certainly been valuable to us because all day every day they are fielding applicants putting out job vacancies and then trying to facilitate those interviews and get them engaged into the business in fact just yesterday we did an induction program for the new starters we've been successful in securing over the last couple of weeks and we had 40 new staff starting that um, that we inducted yesterday. Oh, wow. So what are the sorts of things that this recruiter does? How do they try and entice people? Yeah, it, it's, it's quite an individualised... There's no one-size-fits-all on this one, unfortunately, because it comes down to very unique individual preferences behind people and their reasons why they want to be here mm. and, and whether or not they can be here. So basically it's just a lot of person-to-person contact with each individual applicant and giving them highlights of how to get to the area and what to do and helping them find accommodation and you know, reaching out to our existing staff for shared accommodation for anyone that's got a spare room that they're, they're trying to let or they're trying to facilitate and trying to feed them into our existing network. Mm. Well, let me ask you about that, the affordable accommodation perennial problem that's getting worse. Is Elements, what kind of assistance are you providing to key staff members on that front in order to keep them but also to attract new ones? Yeah, so a lot of the business model wraps around what to do to try and retain people. We're finding there's a little bit of shift for people, even at the senior level, that have been through a really tough time over the last couple of years and have taken time to reflect on what they're doing, why they're doing it, and maybe how deciding that maybe this industry is not for them and we're seeing a lot of that more coming up which we haven't seen in the past and not just one or two people here we're seeing it sort of as a bit of a collective approach Um, and we also note that now that the international travel is permitted for outgoing then we see that there's a lot of permanent residents um, people that are of foreign nationality but are permanent residents wanting to get back home to see family that they haven't seen for a long time. So we, we see another exodus of that permanent resident market leaving the employment for a period of time. They'll be back at some point, but they're mm-hmm. going to leave 
over the coming months to spend time perhaps with Christmas with family back in Brazil or Argentina or um, Italy or all the countries that we are drawing people from at the moment. So what other sorts of things can you do to attract staff? Because you won't be able to fully reopen, will you? Yeah, we'll have to be a little bit suppressed in some of our offerings. Some of the, I, I, I guess, we the award wage increases which come through, I believe, in November of this year, um, which is the Industrial Relations Orchestrated Award increase. We actually we we brought that forward and we paid that out back in June of this year. So we decided that rather than wait till November, let's bring that forward. Um, look, it has a little bit of impact, but um, at the end of the day, it doesn't always come down to the amount of money people are earning. What it comes down to is lifestyle, and I guess what they're, how they're treated in terms of their experience when they're dealing with a customer. So is this going to be an ongoing problem that won't be able to be um, solved? Look, not in the short term. I don't think there is any short-term solution to this problem. I think every business will need to go out there and do whatever they can do to secure employees, and that will be done in different levels based upon those business objectives. Collectively, from a government point of view and from an industry point of view, there's lots of exercises to reinvigorate the industry through the TAFE system, the training backgrounds, but none of them are short-term solutions. They're more mid- to long-term solutions. Um, so short-term solutions is to have enough people sitting on your front doorstep looking for a job. And if you don't have people looking for a job, then you won't secure them no matter what you do, whether it's pay, whether it's incentives, whether it's offerings of any type. If they don't want to work, they don't want to work and nothing you will, make, nothing you will do or say will convince them to do otherwise. And this shortage is widespread, so it's really going to affect tourism operators, hospitality businesses to actually be able to open fully for the upcoming explosion of people of visitors that we're going to get yeah it's certainly going to be challenging for some business owners because the, you know the end product of not offering all the services that people are accustomed to the explanation to a customer of why you can't offer it is generally of no interest to them whatsoever mm. so it's a real hard battle to try and 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 temper the expectation levels of of an individual on a consumer and we've done that we've tried our best to make people aware that Things might be a little bit different here and as we secure more staff then hopefully we can revert back to the way we were but until we secure them we just can't offer in some cases so subsequently places like our day spa we can only operate four days a week and for the last six years of trading we've offered seven days a week day in day out and now we're dealing with four days a week it's not about demand it's about labour shortages to be able to fulfil the roles that are required. And there, some of the cases in hospitality industry are very specialised roles. So just throwing someone in there to fill a gap that can't actually do this job doesn't achieve anything. It just costs the business more money, disappoints the customer, and in inevitably the business will probably suffer financially as well as reputation. Mm. You're at the high end of the market. This is the same at the other end as well, isn't it, and in between? Yeah, it, it, it's not prejudiced to any different sector. It's, it's, it's across all areas. And uh, talking to industry colleagues, not just in New South Wales but in Queensland, everyone is experiencing the same set of scenarios. Another issue, Michael, is the slower vaccine uptake in our region, mainly because of the supply issues early on. 
I know so many businesses have staff who've only been able to get the one jab and are about to get the other in a few weeks' time. Is that a problem for Elements and is that a general concern in the industry for this reopening today? For us, indirectly, no. We we were aware of this mandate that was coming uh, quite ahead of time. So it wasn't dropped upon us at the last minute to turn around and say, oh, this is what's happening on this date. We knew well in advance through our industry body. So we were able to communicate that to our staff um, particularly based upon the availability of supplies. So yeah, so that was an issue, particularly earlier on. It was an issue, um, but, you know, if you looked hard enough, we, we managed to find and secure bookings for staff. Basically, what we the approach we took is to help the staff get bookings in a lot of cases, and most cases, with a few phone calls to different vendors, pharmacists, the different, we managed to find them eventually. There is a little bit of a lag, I agree, but I think a lot of it was... Uh, still wrapped around people saying, I'll just wait and see and I'll wait, make a decision later on. So you were proactive about that. So would you say that Elements of Byron and our local tourism sector is ready for the influx uh, that we're about to get? I, 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 I think some will be ready and I think some won't be. And what's that going to mean? I think at the end it'll be an experience from a consumer's point of view in terms of what they believe the area and how well the area handled their individual requirements. You might pee a few visitors off and they might not come back. Yeah, well, I think there's enough demand, I guess. Byron maybe probably looks at a little bit of, say, if there's a few people that don't get what they want, there's plenty more behind them that will be there. So I don't think that will be a, a decision-maker or influencing a, a business's outcome. I think it'll come down to just trying to keep your staff happy, make a safe working environment for them, and give them the... Air, you know, the staff particularly, the one thing that we lose staff for is when they're mistreated, be it from the employer or from the consumer. So, of course, it's about, I think, the key to every business is trying to make sure that they, as best as possible, support their staff and protect them from what might be consumer sentiment that mm. is dissatisfied. So do you think we'll go straight back to the 2 million visitors per year? Well, I think the 2 million visitors per year was also influenced by day visitors driving in from southeast Queensland. Now, that still is not the case, I would expect, at least until, you know, post-December when Queensland allow their border to be free-flowing. Um, there are, even on the 17th of December, there are still some restrictions in relation to border movement between New South Wales and Queensland, double-vax people only, amongst other things. So, of course, um, the day trips will have to probably still go through a border checkpoint, I'm assuming, of some description. And for someone that travels across the border every single day, mm. the border checkpoint is not a lot of fun because it mm. can take you up to an hour, an hour and a half to get through the checkpoint at the moment. The great unknown, of course, Michael, is if we get a case or a cluster and we've got to lock down again during the holiday season. Any concerns about that? I don't have any concerns that a case will force a lockdown. I think that's made it pretty clear of late that the lockdown is really an extreme outcome measure. And I think that will be wrapped around an abundance of cases and also based upon what the sort of hospitalisation factor is with those cases. I think the 
principle behind people that are double vaxxed and having cases around, there's the risk is quite low. There will be some requirements to do some preventative work within the business, if that is the case in your business, um, but it won't be nearly as restrictive as what it used to be in the past if you had a positive case. Um, but collective positive cases, particularly if there's still a lot of numbers unvaxxed, then of course that could change the capacity from a health point of view and that could have impacts on our region. So at this stage that's not a primary concern? It's not a primary concern but it's certainly I think a concern businesses should be mindful of being able to make sure that they operate in a safe environment and provide in a setting that is safe. Because that's gone off the radar, hasn't it? And we can't be complacent. We can't be complacent, absolutely. And I think what is important and important to the consumer is knowing that the people that are responsible to operate a business are doing it in a way that is safe. All the best with the reopening today. Thank you very much, Michael Skinner, for speaking to us again here at Bay FM. You're welcome, Fernando, and appreciate your time. Thank you.